0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Is anybody here good at taking pictures? Anybody taking good, just like selfies or pictures of other people? or um, You know what I've noticed is that there are two kinds of people in the world. Those that take good pictures and those who do not take good pictures. Have you ever been with a group of people, maybe out to dinner, or maybe it's a birthday party? Maybe you're out in public at a restaurant, and you want to capture this special moment. And because you want to capture it, you look around the room, and you want somebody to take the picture of you and your friends and your family so that you can remember it forever. And so you look around the room, or you look around the street, wherever you are, and you're looking for the perfect person to take the perfect picture. I don't know if you're like me, which I would probably say you are, is that's when we begin to judge people, don't we? You know, you have your phone, you're wanting to capture the perfect, and you go, hey, um, can you, um, no, not you, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, can you, can you look like, uh, can you take a picture? And there are two types of people that are the worst picture taking people on the planet. How many of you know there's nothing worse than someone who takes bad pictures? And the first one is the person that you give them your camera, your phone, Hey, can you take a picture? They take a picture and you get your phone back. And how many of you know when they take the picture, the first thing you do is like you, you grab it out of their hand and you're like, is it good? Is it good? And then your friends are right there over your shoulders like, Hey, did I come out good? The problem is the person who just took the picture is five feet away from you and they can hear the whole conversation. And so you're afraid to say, no, they are horrible at taking pictures. But you don't want to miss the moment that they failed to capture and so you're just in you're between a rock and a hard place because you look at the picture and half of your face is gone anybody know someone that they always leave part of your body out when they take a picture it's like what's wrong fam don't you know i got a whole face here how hard is it to get the whole face in the picture or even worse than that how about this several years ago i was in new york city and i was at in times square with a a missions trip and and we were there with a bunch of students, and we all wanted to take a group picture. And so, you know, Times Square New York City is busy. People are walking everywhere. And so you do the, the whole, like, trying to find someone to slow down for a second to take a picture. And we found someone. Hey, can you take a picture really quick? Yeah, sure. So they take your phone, and they go over there, and they step about 10 yards away. Well, guess what happens? All of a sudden, people see that they're trying to take a picture. So all of the crowd just kind of stops because they don't want to get in, in the picture. And so you're there posing And this is the worst kind of person because you're there posing with your people. <laughs> Bro, are they taking a pic, what's going on? And traffic is being held up. People are just waiting like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, someone gets robust they're like, I don't care, I'm just gonna get in it. You know what I mean? And so it takes forever and then you get your camera back, you get your phone back and you look and they took all that time to take one stinking picture. How many of you know we need options? We need to use the bra 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 Come on, how many of you know this is the angle to go for right here? <laughs> boom 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 boom. <laughs> bra Boom 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 boom. <laughs> Don't take one picture? Who are you? Were you born today? Cuz how many of you know if we're taking a group picture and you're the same way, when I look at the picture, I'm not looking at anybody else except for me. So I don't care, you can have your eyes closed, your mouth open, you can have the funniest look. If I look good, it's going on Instagram, baby. Come on, let all the saints of God shout right now. That was a test and all of you failed it, no. We are called to put others first. I'm just, um, you know when I was in high school, um, there was this class that I didn't take, but I saw it's the photography class, and um, <laughs> no one's ever going to ask me to take your pictures anymore, and that was intentional, because I don't want to stop and take your picture, and, um, and the photography um, classroom or lab was like right next to the science lab, where we would dissect frogs, and we'd like, you know, cut them, unnecessary detail, and they would come through the, the science lab to go into the photo lab, and it was in the photo lab where they would take all of the film from the cameras that they had taken the pictures with, and they would take the film out, they would close the door, they would turn off the lights and turn on these special dark lights, these like red lights, and they would take the film and they would dip it in water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they, they dip it in this chemical in this water, and then what they do is they take the picture, and before they can bring it into the light, they need to hang the pictures up so that they can develop. It makes me wonder that when it comes to your life and my life, god takes a picture of your future and then he shows it to you he shows you what could be he shows you what should be he shows you what your potential can lead you to there is a problem is many of us want to go tell everyone about it right away but god says no 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 there is a process that i've got to go through with you He'll show you a picture that he took, but then he says, I need to take you into a dark season so that I can develop in you what I just showed you. Come on, are you ready to go here tonight? Let's go pastor, what are you telling me? I'm saying that some of you in this room are in the middle of a dark season in your life. You are going through some stuff. You are going through some trials. and You begin to ask God why. You've been asking yourself, man, I feel powerless in this situation. And what you did not realize is that God has not abandoned you. God has not forsaken you. In fact, God is right there with you, but you are in the dark room. You are in the development room. He has shown you the future. He has shown you what could be, but he said if you want to be greater, if you want breakthrough, you've got to go through this thing called development, and development is a dark place where nobody else can see come on, do you want to go here? nobody's going to see you nobody's going to pay attention to you, you'll be overlooked in the dark room, but God says that is right where you will be developed to be all that I've created you to be is anybody amped about God developing you into be something else? because you know what we want we want to celebrate when we see the breakthrough but we don't realize some of the greatest seasons in our life are the seasons we're dying to get out of it is the season of being dark and forgotten and nobody knows and nobody cares but what you didn't realize is that if god brought you out of that season too soon you wouldn't be ready yet if he brought the picture out of the development you would lose some of the color you would lose some of the power if you quit now you will lose the power. Come on, I've come to tell somebody. Don't you dare quit. Don't you? Oh, is there somebody here tonight that you are ready to stand up onto your feet and say, Devil, I'm not about to quit. I'm in development. Somebody shout, don't take it personal. Uh, Because what you didn't know, what you didn't know, what you, what you didn't know. What nobody told you is that you're not going through that because God's mad at you. You're not going through that because you're too far gone. In fact, you're going through that because God's like, the dream is so big. It's going to take a little bit longer for the development process. But God, they already came out. I'm behind. All my peers are light years in front of me. What you didn't know is that the potential on your life, the dream on your life is so big that God's going to let it marinate a little bit longer with you. So Joseph is, is, is in this time in his life where he is, he's being developed and he doesn't know it. Well, Pastor David... What happens in the dark room? Four things I want you to write down in your notes. Come on. Joseph went through four tests that you and I will go through. And I would say that every one of us are in one of these tests right now. And God's question for you is this. In the dark room, will you pass? the test the cool thing about a service like this is you came here tonight not knowing you were taking a test but it's so much more than that when you came to the six o'clock service you enrolled you're taking the test and you can graduate with honors in 28 minutes come on is there anybody here you are ready to go to the next level Come on, let me just talk about this for a minute, because there are some people up on their feet right now, and there are some people that, even at Brave, would be like, I wish these people would just sit down and shut up. They are so annoying, but if you knew what they went through to get here tonight, you would be on your feet, too, shouting for you and for them. I don't know about you, but I've come through some stuff, and when I think about how Here. Somebody who's been through the battle, give God a shout right now. Come on. Come on, let the army shout right now. Number one, write this down. Joseph had to go through the rejection test. The reject- anybody ever been rejected? Come on, wave your hand. Come on, let's do it. Wave your hand. Take out your cell phone light. I'm just kidding, don't do that, but. I've got news for you. And I don't mean to be negative. I don't mean to be negative. But not everyone is going to like you. You and I need to be comfortable when people don't like us. And yet we are conditioned and programmed In this premeditated thought and system that is all hinged on and determined how many likes you get. And it's determined many times our value for the day. It's determined on how many likes you get. Or how many little hearts that someone goes boop boop. (laughs) And we care so much when my last picture had 38% more likes than the new picture. And everything in our culture, come on, think about it. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just saying, it's real. Everything that is everything in our culture today, we're being programmed is, how well do people like you? So no wonder we are devastated when we find out that someone at the office has it out for us. Or someone in your family doesn't like you. Or somebody at church, oh God, help us, Lord, doesn't like you. Or when someone in your family or your friends talk bad about you, can I tell you not everyone wants to see you win? There are some people that tonight they would love to see you lose. They would love to there are people that want to see you die. I would say this if no one wants you dead, you're not fighting hard enough for God. Come on, somebody. That's a whole nother message. I could tell it was too deep. That's for another time. Put a pin in it. Here's what I know about rejection. Joseph tells his brothers, hey guys, I've got this dream. It's an amazing dream and it's from God. And his own brothers didn't care it was from God. He said, come on guys, isn't this great? And they said, no, we reject you. We reject your dream. We reject your jacket. In fact, we want to kill you. Here's a lesson to be learned in rejection. Would you write this down in your notes? It's a valuable lesson. It's simply this. Never share your dream with the wrong people. Come on, there are the right people and the wrong people to share your dream to. Hey, I've got this business idea. Oh, you better watch out who you tell. Hey, God's doing something amazing in my life at Brave Life. You better watch out who you tell. What's amazing is that Joseph, he's like, man, I told my brothers. Like, we should be good. They're blood. These are my bros. These are, these are the people I grew up with. Let's just put it in Miami lingo. These are my primos. Come on. We're cousins. You know what I've discovered? You see it in the life of Joseph. Some of the worst rivalries happen in families. Look what happens in Genesis chapter 37. The brothers hate him. Come on, are you with me? Say yeah. Yeah. So they say, let's go to Dothan, his brothers say. So Joseph takes off. He tracks his brothers down. He's so excited because he's like, man, my brothers have hated me, but now they want to play with me. Look at this. And and he found them in Dothan. But they spotted him off in the distance. And by the time he got to them, they had cooked up a plot to kill him. I told you, people are going to want to kill you when God gives you a dream. The brothers were saying, here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him now and throw him into one of these old cisterns. We can say that a vicious animal ate him up. We'll see what his dreams amount to then. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let's not kill him. He is, after all, our brother, our own flesh and blood. And finally, his bro- brothers agreed. What's happening here? His brothers wanted to kill him, but they grew a half a conscience. And they're like, man, we can't do that. I mean, we're not that evil. So one of them like, okay, let's don't kill him. He is our brother. Let's just sell him into slavery. That's a lot better, right? And it goes on the same verse 28. By the time the traders were passing by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver And the Israelites took Joseph down to Egypt as a slave. I have a question for you. It's another lesson when you deal with rejection. It's simply this. When people reject you, can you stay kind? Because you know when people reject you, it's hard not to take it personal. Come on. What's the title? Come on. Tell your neighbor. Don't take it personal. You, You see, here's my question for you. When people are against you, can you still be for them? When, 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 even though when you are rejected, it doesn't mean that you have to reject people. You see, Joseph, even though he was rejected, he still passed the test. He still stayed kind. He still stayed sweet. So now Joseph has been sold into slavery, and he ends up in the house of this guy named Potiphar. This is incredible. Because the Bible says this, that every, ever since he landed in the house of Potiphar, Potiphar's house was blessed. Look what it goes on to say. Can I read a lot of scripture to you? Is that okay? I promise you, God's word is better than my word. So let's go. Genesis 39, verse 2, it says this. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served as a slave. Come on. He succeeded as a slave of his Egyptian master. Verse number 3. Potiphar noticed this, and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. Pause. He's gone from slave to the personal attendant, which means his assistant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Let me say this, you can be so favored by God that other people around you are blessed by the overflow in your life. I've come to tell you that God can even turn destruction to your favor if you've got the favor of God. Some people think, well, I need a better family pedigree. I need a better job. If I was in a better environment, I would be happy and have the favor of God. No, when you have the favor of God, you can walk up through the valley of the shadow of death. You can be in a furnace full of flames and still have the favor of God. Is there someone here tonight that you would say, I want the favor of God overflowing? Did you know that your work can benefit because they hired you? Did you know your family can be blessed because you're a part of the family? Did you know that you can marry into a family and that family be blessed because you married into them? Did you know that because you showed up, that environment can change? The favor of God, let me talk to someone, can bless you no matter where you are positioned tomorrow at work. Is anybody want an unmerited favor of God? Man, I feel the authority of God and the Holy Spirit in this place breaking off limitations in our heart. Because somebody told you you're not going to make it because everyone else had the advantage. God says you don't need man's approval. You need my approval. Your promotion does not come from the north. It does not come from the south. It does not come from the east or the west. Your promotion comes from God. Joseph Joseph is, is in Potiphar's house look, look what he goes on the set he says are you with me yes. three of you amazing let's go all of his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned he went from slave to executive assistant to vice president. Amazing. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except for what kind of food to eat. That's how blessed Joseph was. In an unfavorable condition, he found unreal favor. So much so that Potiphar, his master, all he had to worry about is, hey guys, what what are we going to eat tonight? What do y'all want? Chick-fil-A or Chipotle? (laughs) It's Sunday. Chick-fil-A is closed. Chipotle it is. (laughs) I read today that Chick-fil-A loses $1.2 billion a year being closed on Sunday. It's amazing. They're a Christian company. And even losing one whole day a year, every day of the year, they outsell everything else in every other company combined. That ought to show you right there that when you put God first, come on. If an entire company can put God first on a Sunday, we can put the beach on hold on a Sunday and say, I want the favor of God. As for me and my house, we're going to be all up in this church. Shoot, don't be inviting me out on Sunday. I'm going to be in church. (laughs) Side note. (laughs) Look what it goes on to say, verse 7. Joseph was very handsome and he was a well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Oh, Lord. This is where when people tell me that the Bible is boring, I'm like, have you not read? This is scandalous. Watch this, I love it. She looked at him lustfully. I don't know what that look looks like. I was gonna to try to imitate it, but I will, I will not. We need an eight o'clock repentant service for that one. <laughs> Come and sleep with me, she demanded, but Joseph refused. <laughs> Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in this entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He is, oh, what was that? He has held back nothing from me. I thought it was the band. I'm like, no, too soon, guys. He has held back nothing from me except for you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. But she kept putting the pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around and he went to do his work and she came and she grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on and sleep with me. But Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak his coat in her hand, and he ran. Somebody say, he ran. he ran. From the house. Joseph said, I'm out of here, girl. I love Joseph because Joseph passed test number two. Would you write this down? It's the temptation test. How many of you know that there's all kinds of temptation in Miami? Oh, y'all aren't even trying to be real with me at the 6 o'clock service. Come on. How many of you know there's all kinds of temptation in Miami? I love it because Joseph said, I'm not going to give in, I'm going to run out. I believe that Christianity is a running game. I believe it's all about running from evil and running to righteousness. Come on, I've come to talk to someone who has ears to hear. Do you want to go after God's dream? Next year at this time, do you want your life to be unsurmountably pressed down, shaken together, running over, blessed? You need to learn to run from evil and run to righteousness. I love Joseph because he says, you can take my coat, but you will never take my calling. I'm out of here. You can have my jacket, but you're not going to jack my destiny. Girl, you've got to go. Now before you go, well, Potiphar's wife, man, she must have been jacked up looking. No, 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 no. Potiphar was the most wealthy man there. He had a honey. Come on, somebody. The moments were right. The Bible says that Joseph was young. He was good looking. All the elements were right, except for Joseph understood something. He understood that this this test of temptation has nothing to do with her seduction. I want to help somebody who you feel like that you give in to every temptation and you have no strength. Can I just help you out with one thing? Theology. Temptation is not a sin. We all face it. Jesus even faced temptation. But yielding to that temptation is what we lie to ourselves thinking, I have to. Everyone else is do it. Joseph wasn't. And I'm going to show you where it led him. And I want to look at some men in the eye tonight to say, you've got the calling and anointing to be an, a Joseph. To go to higher levels than you ever thought of or dreamt of. I want to speak to someone that your mom and your dad never prophesied over you, never told you that you could be anything that you want to be and do anything that you want to do. I know I've only got 28 minutes on a Sunday night to make up for some time, but I've come to speak over someone's life. You do not have to yield to the enemy. You can run from the enemy. The Bible says if you resist the enemy, he will flee from you. You can be more than an overcomer. You can go further than your parents went. You can do greater than anyone else. Somebody get thanks to God that God has you on a path to greatness. Now, what's it? Potiphar's wife is thirsty, y'all. She is the very first desperate housewife. She's wilding out, man. She's crazy. She's crazy. She's like, "Hey, Joe, doing landscaping today, Joe. Hey, Joe, you like my outfit? You like my perfume? I put it on just for you, Joe. You want to vibe today, Joe? Come on, Joe. She's crazy. She's scandalous." But Joseph said this, this has nothing, the temptation has nothing to do with seduction. I love Joseph, watch this, because he didn't make this about him and Potiphar. He didn't even make this about an issue between him and Potiphar's wife. He said this, this is an issue between me and God. Look what scripture says, he says this, how could I do such a wicked thing, girl? Sin for effect. Would be a great sin against God. Do you know how you conquer temptation? You stop making the he or the she or the thing the problem. Stop focusing on all the things you can't do. Oh man, I'm gonna be a Christian, but I can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. There's so much temptation, I can't do it, I'm overwhelmed. And if you are looking at all the things you can't do, you're gonna be so divided that the enemy's gonna conquer you. What Joseph says, it's not about what I can't do. It's about the one thing I should do and I can do. And that's that I keep my focus on my loyalty to God. God, you made me a dream. And it doesn't matter if it comes in the form of seduction. It doesn't matter if it comes in the form of peer pressure. It doesn't matter if it comes in the form of bribes or or anything else. God, you gave me a dream and I'm going to be loyal to you. My question is this. Can you pass the test? So watch this. All of a sudden, Potiphar's wife, Joseph, runs out. She's got his cloak. She begins to to cry out, help! 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 All the guards come running in. What's going on? What's happening? It was Joseph. Look, I've got his cloak. He tried to rape me. Don't want that scripture? I told you she's thirsty and scandalous. Dangerous combination. What puts her over the top is that she is crazy. Have you ever noticed that crazy people will always bring up crazy false accusations? Y'all ain't even ready to go there. It is amazing how there will be false accusations and you just trace it back it goes to a crazy person. Joseph is called in by Potiphar. He's like, yes, master, what's going on? He's like, you tried to rape my wife. What? Girl, you know I ran from you. She is lying. But guess what? He wasn't afraid because he had already passed the rejection test. Joseph already understood. I don't care what text messages you send about me in the late hours. I'm going to lay my head down and I'm going to sleep good. I've already passed that test, devil. You don't understand. It's a rejection. Oh, you don't understand what you're trying to do. But I've already passed these tests. And guess what? The devil didn't get me there, so he tried temptation, but I ran. But watch this, watch this, watch this. Potiphar. He's like, bro, I don't believe you. Guards, take him to jail. So now Joseph is in prison. He goes from the pit to Potiphar to prison. Thanks God for the dream. It's been awesome. But while he's in prison, he develops some friendships with some other inmates. And they're there doing push ups and pull ups and sit ups and every other kind of ups that you could do. And uh, they're all like talking about how they're innocent. You know, they're like, how did you get here? And Joseph's like, man, I was working so hard for this guy named Potiphar. Man, his wife, dude, she's crazy. And they're like, oh, whoa, did you say Potiphar? Oh, man, she got me too. Yeah, that girl's crazy. Yeah. What did you do in the house? I was the chef. Man, I was just making some blueberry muffins, man. Girl came in. The girl's thirsty. Oh, no, trust me. We all, none of us did. And they're sitting there telling their story how they're innocent. And they make this deal and they say this, listen, if one of us gets out, don't forget the rest of us. One of them gets out and look what happens. Verse number 14. This is Joseph and he says, please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Tell Pharaoh about me so he might let me out of this place. I was kidnapped from my homeland. I was only 17 years old the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison. I did nothing to deserve this. Verse 23, but Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot about Joseph, never giving him another thought. I wonder if anybody in this room has ever dealt with this third test in the dark. It's the test of isolation. Come on, would you write it down? Sometimes God will love you so much that he will put you by yourself. God will say, I know you love the parties. You love the socials. You love the happy hours, the brunches. I know you love all of that. But sometimes God says, I need you by yourself for a season. I need you by yourself for a reason. Let me give you a lesson in isolation. Write this down in your notes. Use your loneliness for God to build you up. You see, loneliness can be lethal develops. or loneliness can be a lethal weapon that God develops to help you destroy anything that comes against you. It's okay. To clap right there. Come on. Joseph is 17 years old when he gets the dream. It will be 13 years before the dream comes to pass. There will be a time where you will go through a lonely season, where you'll sit home on a Friday night when all your boys are hanging. All your girlfriends are going out. But you willingly decide, God, I'm going to let you use this season to build my life. Because what you need to understand is this. Some of us, the fear of missing out is killing your destiny. The fear of missing out is delaying your future. Because you want to be with all your friends all the time. And you don't realize that God is saying, "I just need to get alone with you. Joseph is in prison. Hey guys, when you get out, don't forget about me. And they forgot about me. And now Joseph is alone in prison. But what you didn't realize is that before Joseph was in prison, he was called the dreamer. God gave him great dreams. But it wasn't until he was in the prison alone, when he was talking to God, saying, God, I know you gave me this dream. I know you're faithful. I'm not going to give up that God says, Joseph, I want to know your name before the entire nation of Egypt knows your name. Joseph, I want to know you so well. I want you to know your God so well. In fact, Joseph... Because you're not bitter in the dark because you're not getting angry at me in the dark I want to say something to the dreamer I don't only want you to dream dreams but I'm going to anoint you to interpret the dreams you see it was in the prison that Joseph learned how to interpret the dream so watch this watch this watch this watch this, this is so good. Cool. Pharaoh man the presence of God people are just all over this room tears run down faces this is the spirit of God y'all I see it from the left to the right that's okay let God work on you let the tears flow man I see it I feel it watch this watch this Pharaoh Pharaoh is on his throne he has this nightmare this dream so the Bible says he calls all the sorcerers he calls all the magicians he's like hey guys I need all of you to to interpret this dream that I have they come out and they're like I learned that from Disney I have no idea they get all the magicians sorcerers all the brujeria, all the santeria and they're there with their wicked anointing and they're trying to decipher and they're like king we know what the dream means what does it mean? it means it means that you need to buy another gold chariot so the people love you more and the pharaoh's like What? put them to death bring the next one in and they come up in the next sorcerer and witch comes in oh king, here's what we see you know what this shows us? that there's no witch there's no brujaria priest there's no santeria curse that can stop the plan of God from you (laughs) I know because some of you have that in your family and they know you come to a Christian church and they're like, oh, we're going to curse you. You need to look them in the face and say, the devil is a liar. My God has has already conquered every demon in hell. Oh, don't you dare put a curse on me. You cannot curse what God has blessed. You cannot curse what God has blessed. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so Pharaoh looks at his men. He's like I'm sick and tired of these clowns these imitators these these posers one of the guys is like hey King there is this guy Cell Block 23 What's his name? They call him Joe They say he can interpret the dreams. The king's like, bring him here. So they bring Joseph to the, to the king. And the king's like, hey, I hear that you can interpret dreams. And Joseph's there with his hands and his feet shackled, beard, of course, grown out by now, his hair grown out and matty and nasty. And he says, God has given me the gift to have dreams. But while I've been in your prison serving time for something I did not do, God has blessed me with the gift to interpret it. So king, what is the dream that you have? And the king shares his dream and Joseph goes, I have the interpretation. Really? Because I've killed like 150 priests. (laughs) Tell me what the dream means. God says this, Pharaoh, that he's going to bless Egypt with seven years of prosperity. You're going to have more grain." your cattle's oh, the filet mignon that's about to come from those cows everything in the kingdom is going to be blessed for seven years but following that is another seven years and it'll be seven years of famine and here's what God says Pharaoh that if you are a just king you will save in the first seven years You will save food. You will build barns and vats to save grain because in the famine, your whole nation will starve and die if you're not wise in the first seven years. The king looks at Joseph and he goes, that's exactly what the dream means. And I'm just warning you, I'm about to get loud again. Sorry. But I can't help it. Some of you, this is the this was worth you coming to the six o'clock service alone. Because what you didn't understand that in one moment, the king said, put him in second of command over the entire in one moment, in one second, in one decision, he went from the prison to the palace. Come to tell somebody in the six o'clock service, God's been preparing you. God, uh, Joseph, he's made the vice president of the entire nation. Now that's not like our vice president today, hashtag pants who has no power. <laughs> hang out. Joseph is the ruler of everything now, while the Pharaoh can go to the islands and just hang out with sunbathe. Joseph is ruling everything in one moment. Can I tell you that is the power of God in this room. All you need is one moment with God tonight. All you need is just for a moment to open up your heart and say, God, I surrender to you. God, I want to pass the test. God, would you prepare me and develop me? All of a sudden, the Bible says that Joseph's father, Jacob, remember him. His family back home has run out of food. So he tells the other 10 brothers, guys, I need you to go to Egypt. I know it's a long trip, but I need you to beg the emperor for grain so that we don't starve. The brothers make the journey to Egypt and they take their number and they're waiting in line because people all over the world at that time has come to Egypt for food because the Pharaoh listened. To the dream that joseph interpreted finally their number is called and these big gold doors open up and there's a long corridor with military men with shields and armor and spears and swords all the way and they say it's your turn respectfully walk to the emperor and bow and worship him the bible says as the door opened in the back joseph saw them from a distance And the Bible says that he recognized them as his brothers, but they did not recognize him as Joseph. The reason why is because the dream, the pursuit of the dream should change the way you look. When you get to the place where God wants you, you're not going to look like the place the devil had you. I felt something withdraw from my spirit with that statement right there. You shouldn't look the same on the journey. Come on, brave life. Every week you should be looking a little bit more like Jesus. You'll never be perfect, but I've got more power. I've got more strength. I've got more faith. I've got more joy. My attitude is changing. My family is changing. The Bible says that they come and his brothers get to the throne where Joseph, the emperor, is sitting with his gold crown, his golden scepter in his hand. And they bow down and they worship him. And Joseph has to be thinking. had this dream this is the dream I had this is the dream that God gave me I told him it put me in a pit it took me to a thirsty woman it took me to prison but now I'm on the throne baby and this is the dream I had the Bible says that it's at this moment that Joseph has to pass the fourth the final test and it's the same test that you're going to have to pass for God to finish the dream it's called the dream of retaliation now I don't know about you if I had been Joseph I would have been like where are you at now bro they're like, Joseph. And I'm like, sucker. Loser. Look what Joseph, look what happens to him. Verse number, chapter 45, verse number one. Can I have two more minutes? Joseph could not hold himself together any longer. So he kept the front up in front of all of his attendants. He finally broke and he said, Leave! Clear out! Everyone leave my chamber! There was no one left with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers. But Joseph was crying so violently that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. And the news was soon reported to Pharaoh's palace. And Joseph spoke to his brothers. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Brothers, I'm Joseph. I need to know, is my father still alive? I've missed him so much. But his brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. Because they couldn't believe what they were hearing. And what they were seeing. Can I just speak to someone today? If you will just go all in with God. God will bless your life. To the degree that people that are the closest to you will not believe what they see and what they hear that God is doing in your life. I never dreamt that this broken, angry, bitter man on South Beach, that God could have healed me, God could have called, I'm talking about your pastor, that God has taken me all over the world to preach. People who knew me, people who were in the church I grew up with, they even say it comically. We can't believe what God has done in you because they knew who I was. They knew what my capacity to to run from God was. But when you go all in for God, when you let the Holy Spirit take control of your life, people around you in a year from now, six months from now, one month from now, one week from now, are going to say, I can. not Watch this, watch this, watch this. I gotta close I gotta close come closer to me Joseph said to his brothers and they, I'm Joseph your brother don't you remember you sold me into Egypt but guess what I don't want you to feel bad don't blame yourself for selling me God was behind it you know what he would say? I didn't take it personally What is stopping so many of you is that you take the attack personal. You take the hate personal. You take the rejection from your parents personal. You take the rejection from that spouse, from that child, from your siblings personal. Didn't take it personal, guys. And I don't want you to feel guilt or shame because God was behind it the entire time. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. There has been a famine now in the land for two years, but the famine will continue for five more. God sent me ahead to pave the way, to make sure there was a remnant in the land to save your lives. It's an act of deliverance. So you see, it wasn't you who sent me here, but it was God. It wasn't a person issue, it was a God issue. I didn't take it personal because it was a test. I didn't take the darkness personal. The, come on, is there anybody here tonight that would stand up on their feet? Come on, all across this room, stand up to your feet, throw your hands in the air, and thank God for the season of darkness, the season of isolation. Thank you for the rejection. It today if you will see your setback as God developing you yeah. but can I tell you God wants to bless you and his dream is so much bigger than you because the blessing isn't even really about you and me he needed to give Joseph, watch this, watch it. I want to close 30 seconds he needed to give Joseph a dream 13 years ago not to bless Joseph even though Joseph was blessed everywhere he went but because God wanted to save a family and he wanted to save a nation the season that has caused you to question God you didn't even realize it it's God's development plan to save and bless not only you but to save your family to save your moms and your dads and your brothers and your sisters and your tios and your aunts and your cousins he wanted to save your job he wanted to save the students in your classroom he wanted to save us in this church that together we can make a difference and bring revival to a city so that we can bring revival to a state so that through this church come on is there anybody that believes that through your life we can see revival in our nation now that's the fifth time I've preached and I've left everything I've got out here so I want you to bow your head and close your eyes today, you say, I need a breakthrough. I'm going to do something different. I need a breakthrough in my life. Watch this. Watch, watch, watch. No one moving around for a minute. I need a breakthrough. Pastor, I'm going through a season. I'm going through a tough time, whether I'm dealing with rejection, loneliness, isolation. Maybe I've got bitterness in my heart, and I just want to, man, retaliate. Or maybe you just know you need more strength and, and courage from God continue pursuing the dream that God has for you on the count of three if that is you or maybe you're here you to say I need to surrender my life to Jesus and go all in on the count of three if that is you pastor I want strength for today I need strength for this week I need strength against temptation I need God to break through some area of my life on the count of three I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come to the front I don't do this very often, but I believe that there's gonna be a symbolic act of strength as you get out of your seat. Come on, that's you, that's you. You say, Pastor, I need, I need a breakthrough from God. Can I tell you something? I've already responded to my own altar call because I'm up here, because as your pastor, I need a breakthrough. Look how hungry we are. I haven't even counted and people are coming. Come on, one, two, three. Come on, get out of your seat. You say, I need more of God. Come on, I need more strength. I need a breakthrough. I'm hungry for more of God, Pastor. I want more anointing. Come on, press in, press in, press in tight. Come on, press in tight. Come on, I want to believe God for a bigger dream for my family. Come on, you need healing. You need a financial breakthrough. You want the favor of God on your life. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you all across this room, I want you to lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, if you're back there in the back somewhere, would you stretch your arms forward to my friends? Come on, let's have faith for other people in this room. Let's have faith for other people in this room. God, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that to whom the Son has set free is free indeed. We release every chain. We release every obstacle. Come on, with your hands lifted, say, God, I believe you for the struggle is coming to an end. Lord, I pray that you would prosper. I pray that you would release faith. I pray, God, that you would release finance. Lord, we pray for favor. We pray for favor. We pray for favor. Come on, ask God. Lord, I pray that I would have favor at work. Favor at school. On. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at BraveMiami.com.